The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how's it going this week? Well, you know, I'm scampering around uh, late tonight. I board a flight uh, for my uh, anniversary vacation. So, of course, you know, last minute everything, you know, she's got to go do her nails. And I got to get what little hair I have cut and got to run around and do things as always. Now, luckily, you guys are not going towards the East Coast. So... Good move, uh, staying this way. It kind of is, though. It's like southeast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you probably wouldn't get the worst of it, but you might get some weather. What happens if uh, you go on? You know, you go on these types of trips, and uh, you know, you guys are sheltered into the room together. Will you guys make it? Well, as long as they got room service, we'll be good. <laughs> um. We have, uh, you know, a lot of Mecca talk uh, that's been uh, going on this week. Uh, update everyone on what's been going on with uh, the additions to the card and uh, what matches so far are uh, shaping up for you. Well, the the main thing as I wanted to uh, do was, before I left, have everything set because you never know the internet connection there. So yeah, we we have nine matches and and they're all set for uh, October eighth. You are asking about the eighth, right? Um, well, I'm talking about Mecca, but we could talk about the eighth first. Since yeah, there, there's nine matches on Mecca. They're all done. There's one spot left in the scramble for that. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, any any new uh, new talent that. Um, might have uh, shown up within the last time we talked in the last week? Uh, yeah. Uh, due to the uh, MK Army, um, Sam Adonis will return at the Mecca. Oh, nice. So he will go uh, one-on-one with Remy Marcel. Good match. Good match. That that should make Remy very happy. I think that should be a, a pretty good match. Um and Funny Bone is officially on the card, correct? Uh, he'll be in a six-man with Bateman and Cutthroat Cody against uh, the Team Filthy, which is the 1% and Tom Lawler. Wow. Matt Vandergriff will go one-on-one with the King of the Night, Kenny King. Oof. <laughs> Masters and Carlito go after the tag belts against TBD. Wow. That's a big so, match. Uh, yeah. Right now we have a scramble match featuring uh, Casey Navarro, Jacob Austin Young, uh, Danny Limelight, 
And I neglect to remember the fourth guy because there's so many dudes. Uh, I can't remember offhand. Gregory Sharp and Davey Richards. So, you know, we're excited about it. Uh, Mecca Grand Championship, a three-way ladder match between Bay Hammerstone and Brian Cage. So Nice. Nice. Former, former champions collide. Nice. And right, uh, you know, the right time, right mix for uh, for a big show like this. Um, when and you look we leave a van against Dark Sheik. That's right. Yeah, it's is the, is I guess in this in this instance for this particular show, this this Mecca itself. Was there a person or two that you really had to think hard about that because of the way everything was stacked up, just wasn't going to be able to get the opportunity to be on the main card? Uh, do you mean somebody locally or do you just mean somebody in general that we were looking to use? No, someone locally. I mean, um, being that, if you know, a lot of guys want obviously to get on the Mecca shows. Um, and you know yeah you know uh, of course i get reached out you know a guy that we don't use enough and, and it really is a crime he is so talented wise guy you know yeah. he's he's looking to get on as many shows as he can uh, you know brandon gatson right now you know maybe he fills the scramble spot because we had talked with different people we had talked with john morrison still banged up a little bit but you, you know being the mecca grand champion who never defended the title but uh, we're looking at possibly the winner of the Mecca Grand Championship first defense against John Morrison, and it may happen as soon as it against all odds. So there, there's a lot of, you know, the big things. Uh, for, the, for the local guys, you know, guys like the faction, you know, they are one of the hottest heel teams that we have, but... Once we committed to Bateman, it became difficult to get him a match unless it was in the six-man, which had to bump the faction. But we're also doing a one-hour, you know, all-platforms pre-show, which yeah. is going to include a couple of matches. And, you know, normally he kind of lets us know his availability, but, you know, Sin Bodhi came in with hey, you know, I'd really like to work the Mecca. And, you know, that's another spot. So those are the two main guys that we're looking to make sure that they get on the uh, at least the the pre-show version. You know, yeah. you want to, you know, if we could, we wanted to spotlight Bodie, you know. Right. Some of the younger tag teams would have been you know interesting to see who we can use you know clutch has been back and he's appeared on a few meccas so you know he put his uh, word in you know yeah. if anything arises and he understands you know the main card is filled up you know initially tbd was going to be on the pre-show but then once we got carlito uh we just ended up adding another match like i was i was strict on doing eight matches uh, yeah. and, and Remy Marcel was going to wrestle Chris Masters. 
But then with Carlito, it kind of those two guys are, you know, they're boys, you know, they're the body guys. So it's like, you know, hey, there are also some big boys going up against TBD. And, you know, unfortunately, because of the way things are, you know, TBD didn't get on some of the bigger shows. Right. You know, AEW weekend. You know, they were absent from from that card, and they were our tag champions. And so again, it's nothing personal, and it's not like, hey, this guy's better than this guy. It's it's sure. trying to fit everybody in into the right spot. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you have to make those hard decisions, and it's, you know, if somebody cancels, it could cost somebody a spot on the show. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I think it's a unique situation too because of the fact that you know a lot of um Damian Drake, of, by the way, is the other scramble guy. There we go. How could you forget Damian Drake? Come on. Come on, Joe. You're not that old yet. Getting uh, there. <laughs> thinking about though your your uniqueness in like many of the other independent promotions that bring in uh workers with names you usually see maybe one two on a show something like that um the nature of the mecca being that it's top to bottom with name people uh and then the flavoring of the top fsw guys um and an example of hammerstone and bay and you know even even with cage being a former champion you know, you've got a match right there. It's all FSW, but established guys. It seems like this is a unique position for you with the Meccas as compared to other places where they could just float guys in and out, but you're literally giving not only the fans a great show, but the guys an opportunity to work a card with some of the biggest, you know, names out there. Um, has that always been something when you thought of the idea of the Mecca and you you saw how you could put this together off of the heels of an, an ROH wrestling in town? Um, was that always kind of the concept is to give the fans a big show, but also give the other guys, some of the local guys, some of the guys who've been around for a while, that opportunity to be on a bigger card that might get a little more exposure? You know, I'll be honest with you. The first time we did anything similar to that was when Ring of Honor came to town and we did a show, Pride, Honor, Respect. And we used Kenny, of course, who was a Ring of Honor guy. Uh, we used Silas Young. We used Colby Carino, who at the time was working Ring of Honor. We worked, we used Rocky Romero. And the crowd sucked. It was one of the worst casino shows that we had in a long time, you know, at the Silverton, right? Ring of Honor was red hot. They're charging like 80 bucks for front row and 70 for second and 60 for third. And they were selling all those tickets. So even yeah. a lot of our regulars were like, hey, you know what? We'll go to the school show and pay 20 bucks. We can miss this FSW show because it's 80% FSW guys. Kenny, we've seen on FSW shows 100 times. Colby Carino wasn't really established. Silas Young's a mid-card guy. Rocky was a mid-card guy. There was nothing special that they said, man, I got to come to this show. Right. So 
we learned. And I've told the story before, you know, I was talking with Brian Cage and I'm like, hey, I got this idea, you know, the day after Ring of Honor, because at the time Wrestle Circus was getting hot and there was a lot of these super indie shows. And I'm like, well, what if we step it up? Got a totally new name. It's not even going to be FSW. It's just the Mecca presented by FSW. And we know we got Brian Cage, and we know we got these guys. And I'm like, hey, you know anybody? And he gives me Keith Lee, for example. And, you know, so we got Keith Lee, and we had talked to probably use Callahan once or twice. So we built this card, and, you know, Matt Hardy, and we had Davey Richards, and Cross was able to get us John Morrison, and, you know... Through this other guy that he knew, they brought in uh, Rob Conway, and you know it became this stacked card. And all yeah. of a sudden, we packed Samstown, and it was like, wow, we got something here. And we really didn't use anybody from FSW. You know, I know the Whirlwind Gentlemen; they got to work uh, Rob Conway and I think Royce Isaacs. And that was when Bubba Dudley did a run in later. You know, and he put over the Whirlwind Gentlemen. And it was just, the atmosphere was fantastic. So it was like, uh, and we called that one When Stars Collide, which was based off the Mesquite shows that we had Kevin Nash and Paul London and Brian Kendrick and Eugene and Matt Hardy and John Morrison. And it was like, okay, that wasn't even the Mecca yet at that time. So then, okay, we saw the success and it was like, well, okay, we're going to do this show twice a year, and we'll do it, and we're going to call it the Mecca because I we grew up in New York, and it was always Gorilla Monsoon. We're live at the Mecca of professional wrestling, Madison Square Garden, and I just felt that was awesome. Kind of had the uh, the Mecca logos designed in in that kind of motif, and and we were off, and then. We did the we did the, uh, the the first Mecca show, and again it was extremely successful. And now it was like, you know what? I need to incorporate, you know, people like Hammerstone. So I'm like, okay. And actually, that's what we did. It was like, okay, I, I, I'm ready to see what we got with our guys, you know. So I put Hammerstone in with Sammy Callahan. And they fucking killed it. And at that point, that was when I realized Hammerstone will be a star in this business. He is as good as anybody on the Mecca. Right. And at that point, we step back. It's like Future Stars of Wrestling is the brand name. Like it, love it, or hate it. It doesn't matter. Oh, Matt Hardy's the champion. Okay, whatever. You know, he's a real future star. It's like, you know, just moronic things because, you know, people just need to be moronic. They always have to have something negative to whatever you put out there. It's like, it is what it is. So now all of a sudden we started incorporating a few more guys and a few more guys because I wasn't sure these younger guys were going to be able to hang with them. And at that point, I realized that, you know, it's a lot of times it's right place, right time. Chris Bay was as good as anybody on Impact. 
but he didn't get that opportunity. Then they gave him an opportunity, and he wrestled Daga, and he was the unsigned guy against the signed guy. And same thing with Jordan Grace wrestling Lacey Ryan. Like, they gave them a lot of offense. They gave them the opportunity to shine, and shine they did. So it was like, okay, well, now this is the best of the best. So instead of being disgruntled that, what the fuck? You know, I'm good. I can't get on the Mecca because he's only bringing out-of-town guys. It was like, okay, well, now the best of the best of FSW, you got to earn that fucking right to be on that's a separate show, even though it's Future Stars of Wrestling. You know, everybody knows to step up their game. You know, the last Mecca we did, we joke. You know, the curtain jerkers, Remy Marcel versus Willie Mack. Yeah. You know, so that's the low-end guys on the show. So no matter how disappointing you may be, Remy Marcel's got 12 years of tenure, and he's in the opening match on a show – that also features Cross and Jacob Fatu and, you know, the guys that we were bringing in. And that wasn't even the Mecca. The Mecca was, the you know, before that, which was those guys. And, and then we did the Revolver shows, which was sort of a Mecca without calling it the Mecca. Because, right. you know, we had half of Sammy's roster. Well, half of Sammy's roster is Impact guys. So you're having all this national talent that's already out here. So we have Josh Alexander wrestling Tom Waller. Waller's an FSW guy per se, but we don't use him that often because he's a busy fucking motherfucker. Right. You know, and you got Matt Vandegrift getting to work Mike Bailey. Right. Yeah. And Trey was in a big match. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it. So there was so much talent there. And, you know, we had Nick Wayne on the show. We also had Jay Vidal on the show. So we had, you know, at the time, Death Proof got to be on the show. Yeah. And I was the revolver one. And in the Mecca, you know, all the guys that we had brought in, Davey Richards, you know, he got snowed in. We had TJP, Hammerstone, and Brian Cage in the main event of that one. Yep. And Kenny King was on there and had a scramble with, with, with some really talented guys. And I was like, wow, you know, Kenny hung with the youngsters. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's always going to be fresher matchups. It's kind of like we were looking at doing Danny Limelight versus Matt Vandegrift. And all of a sudden I read PCW, Danny Limelight versus Matt Vandegrift two days before. And it's like we could do it. The majority of our fan base has no clue. But it's like, you know what? I want to give something for Vandegrift. I want to give something for Limelight to where they're getting to work, work somebody fresh. Matt Vandegrift never worked Kenny King. Yeah. You know, Limelight's yeah. going to be in, in a scramble with, you know, newly, new, newly uh, partnered up uh, New Japan friend, Jake Boston Young. Yeah. Who, by the way, will be wrestling Danny Limelight on October 8th. Ooh. That's a good segue, Joe. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, we're setting up a big card for the 8th. You know, we have Gregory Sharp's going to wrestle Damian Drake. Nice. And we also have the TBD defending the titles against uh, former FSW alumni and now current NWA superstar, the Thrill Billy, Silas Mason, and his partner, Devin Dixon. 
the Mason Dixon line where we were in the uh, talks of uh, their name. Uh, I remember pitching the lynch mob back in the day, you know, a couple of rednecks out of Tennessee. Uh, they were afraid that uh, that name might get them canceled. So they went with, which was fine because Silas Mason, Devin Dixon, they're from down south, the Mason-Dixon line. So, you know, it stuck with them when they went back down south. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lynch Mob has just got to be the one of the best. <laughs> Come out to a little wicked sensation by Lynch Mob and then you're set. I don't know. Or you could do Sweet Home Alabama, you know what I mean? Um, so in, uh, in setting up the eighth with, uh, some of those matches, um, what, what is your main focus between the eighth and then getting past Mecca, obviously storyline wise. Now we know Damian Drake and Gregory Sharp were supposed to wrestle before, but Gregory Sharp took out Damian Drake, uh, wickedly and evilly uh, before uh, Damien could even show up to the building. So that seems to be a little bit of a grudge that should be going forward. Is there any sense of uh, when you have a Mecca in the middle like this of start stop, or do you think that it kind of flows it through just because the storylines aren't connected? Well, without a doubt, because that's what the Mecca is all about. But the thing about after the Mecca, the next setup is against all odds. So generally, we're probably going to finalize some feuds. But because of the 30-man rumble, it really sets – that's what really sets up the, the storylines moving forward after – against all odds so it isn't like we have to worry that oh man we got the mecca and then we got future shock you know how are we going to build the storylines well two of the matches are already set the 30-man rumble and the winner who wrestles the champion for the match so now that's two matches well the rumble takes about 45 minutes so we're not going to have eight or nine matches. We're going to have five or six matches, right. which now only leaves, let's just say, four matches. Okay, well, we got four matches. In the past, what we've done is the last two eliminated would wrestle each other in a match. So in the past, we did, I remember when Lance Hoyt won, we did Brian Cage versus Tyshawn Prince. Gotcha. And... Yeah. You know, there's big names that are going to be in the Rumble already. You know, I've already confirmed Carlito, Sam Adonis, Davey Richards, Chris Masters, just to mix in with our regular talent. Unfortunately, New Japan, once again, is running that Sunday. So that takes out, you know, the Tito's of the world. Even didn't mention that at the uh, Mecca, Tito, Escondido, and Toa. Toa, you know, and and Tito is as hot as he's ever been in his entire career. Yeah. And you know how I know? It's because I know what I got to pay him this time. So, (laughs) 
but yeah, so so the eighth <laughs> is really where we got Sharp and Damian Drake, but Matt Vandergriff, he's having some singles matches. He wrestled uh, Ricky from the Suavecitos. So right. this this show, he's going to wrestle Danny from the Suavecitos. Okay. And uh, right. Ricky's going to be involved uh, in a three-way match at the moment uh, against Bodie and a young kid who debuted at the show, Axel, who looked fantastic. He's very young, 20 years old, but he does have experience wrestling in Mexico. And he really shined in that opening match scramble that we had at Future Shock. And that's what Future Shock's about, seeing what these guys are able to do. You know, you hear, hey, you know, he's had some matches. He's pretty good. And then you're in there and you're like, wow, he's way better than I could have even imagined. Yeah. So, you know, he's put himself in that position, you know, you know moving forward. Uh, that uh, very interesting that dynamic where you have Bodie, who's you know obviously been training, you know for what is it five six years now? Yeah, six uh, seven years. Yeah, and he's still and he's still only fifteen. You got a young twenty year old who has a little bit of seasoning, but is is still fairly green fresh. So in that case, then when you look at Ricky is this a chance for Ricky to kind of get that feeling of being a ring general um, and kind of getting that, you know, being the, at his young age, uh, the veteran in the match, essentially. Yeah. You know, we're going to see when we did the four way, uh, Danny and uh, Axel were the two guys who, you know, stood out in that match. And, you know, now we're going to see very similar styles of the three of them. Right. So it's going to be exciting to see, you know, what they can do in there. We also got Clutch going to wrestle one-on-one against Jordan Cruz. That's a big match for both guys. Yeah. So, uh, and then it looks like we have Johnny Robbie uh, making her debut, and she's going to go one-on-one with Rochelle Riveter. So this is a, a... a card that we could have easily bypassed and you know, we still have nine matches and Cody's not on the show. Remy's not on the show. Uh, Grizz Brody, Devin Reno, Koa. I had to let them know, Hey, you know what? Right now we don't have a spot, you know, in this situation and just can't do all these matches. Rick Tenacious, not on the show. Right. Just because, and it isn't, other than we have so many guys and right. there's, you know, when, when you don't have many single, you know, you're, you're bringing in uh, the Mason Dixon line. So they, they're, they're, they're in town. So they're generally not going to be here. So that's two spots. Uh, Sky high is going to be wrestling a team called the regulators out of Arizona. Who's EJ sparks and Thugnificent. And Thugnificent's been on our radar through Jacob Austin Young for about a year. And we just didn't have any spot for him. But we needed a tag team match. Uh, I know EJ Sparks, pretty talented guy. Nice dude, you know. So it's like, all right. So that's that's four spots that are being given to people that aren't ever wrestled at FSW in the last three years, four years. You know, with Mason Dixon. So that's going to eliminate four spots. 
But it's like, well, you know, I'm not too concerned. You know, Remy and Cody, they got mecha matches. They, they, they're, they're okay with not working, you know, the eighth. The Arizona guys, they want to work every show possible. And sure. obviously, you know, with Devin Reno and Koa and Grizz, they've all been put in uh, pretty good situations to where they are regulars now of FSW. They, you know, they right. came out of Future Shock pretty much. And we got high hopes you know, for all of them. So there's just too many guys, you know, they bring in, they bring down classic and Flyboy Freddy and, you know, Flyboy Freddy, he's, he's another guy. If they were going to come down and I was going to do a four way, for example, I would have put him in that match. Yeah. Because he's pretty good too. Yeah. But there's so many guys that are pretty good. And that's the thing. So it's weeding through, you know, guys at Future Shock, like Raw Reese, who was impressive. Right. You know, initially uh, we were going to have Braxton wrestle Bodie in a Lumberjack match. Uh, So that had to get moved because the faction hit me up that Booker T uh, wanted to use him for reality wrestling. And that's a big show for them. And we can always do, you know, the match with Bodie a little later on. So I'm okay, you know. Because, again, you, they take that spot. Now there's probably no spot for Axel. And maybe Ricky G doesn't get on the show. Right. Because we're doing the handicap match. I mean, the, we're not doing the uh, the, the lumberjack match. Right. Now, if we do a lumberjack match, do I use Sky High other than being lumberjacks? Do I need them to also work a match that night? So if I do that, now Thugnificent and EJ Sparks aren't on the show. Right. And, you know, you want to talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, this is, you know, six degrees of of one guy not being on the show could affect six different things. Yeah. Because in reality, it did. By Braxton not being there, it added two guys into a three-way. It put Sky High in a match, which made me had to get two other guys. Right. So that's seven people that got affected yeah. by that one move yeah a butterfly effect for for booking a show that's pretty that's remarkable to to know that that's the kind of thing that goes on now one of the things you just said except i don't wake up from it as a dream so. <laughs> are, are you sure what the <laughs> fuck yeah that's a nightmare um you, you said something that I, th- I found very interesting you said You've got a lot of good talent. Now, the question becomes, for all these guys who are considered good talent, how do they go about getting from being good talent to being great talent and sticking out more? Because you can see just by all those names, it's a huge pool of really good, solid talent. How do these guys take that next step? Well, I would have to believe it's continuing to work hard, but most importantly, it's experience. You know, when you're two years in, are you as good as you are when you're seven years in? Right. You know, there's a reason why, you know, people are considered, you know, the vets of the locker room. Hammerstone five years ago wouldn't have stepped up the way he does now 
But now he's confident enough in his ability. I saw him post something on Twitter about seminars and stuff. And you can do a lot worse than having Hammerstone, you know, in a seminar. When we've had some issues, he's the guy who has stepped up. You know, when I went off at the the last show that we did, which was, I guess, was it the anniversary? No, it was Survival of the Fittest. And guys were just rolling in after, you know, hour after call time, doors are opening. And, you know, Hammerstone lit into the locker room. But the thing is, he lit in it, but he did it very respectfully. And he has earned every little bit of respect that he has. Because he's a guy who they saw wrestling rinky-dink shows out of Arizona, coming to Vegas and having a lot of, you know, growing pains. But we saw that there was a, a the light was huge at the end of the tunnel all this guy needed to do was continue to work hard where a lot of times we've seen it people go this way okay tried that way they go this way and then they go across instead yeah. of the trajectory of just continually going up and yeah. those are the those are the hung you got to be the hungriest guy in the room you know, Cross was the hungriest guy in the room. Lacey Bryan was the hungriest guy in the room. Chris Bay was the hungriest guy in the room. Sepha, nah, he wasn't the hungriest guy in the room. But Sepha had great natural ability, and he, despite only being in the business wrestling-wise for a few years, he was in the business his whole career. Yeah. His whole life, he was surrounded by the wrestling business. Yeah. But he's one of those few guys. And, again, you see it with, you know, as Jay Vidal, you know, he he wants – he 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 needs to be signed. You know, Jay Vidal will not be content unless he's working for a major company. You know, yeah. Sharp and Jacob Austin Young, you know, they've been with us from almost the beginning, you know, 2010, 2011. It's 2022, and they got on a New Japan show. Yeah. That's 11 years of grinding and not giving up. That's the easiest thing to do, that you're a good independent wrestler. You're you're going to different cities and you're going to different towns and states and you're making okay money. But, of course, you still have to keep a regular job. And after five or six years, you think, hey, you know what? My, My shelf life is coming to an end that... I'm probably not going to make it in AEW or WWE or New Japan. But now we've seen so many guys with 10 to 15 years in the business, you know, the Ryan Taylors, the Brian Cages, guys that physically are, you know, genetic freaks. And they didn't get the call as good as Brian Cage was considered until Lucha Underground knocked on the door. So, you know, never give up. Unfortunately, everybody can't be Chris Bay, who two or three years into his career, he's, he's got a, a, a signed deal with Impact. Yeah. You know, so it becomes extremely frustrating for really good talent. And again, it's like, you know, you look around. Hey, we got D'Lo around. We got Davari. So people know that there's people in the area that 
might be able to do something. And if something isn't being able to happen, how do you not get frustrated? Right. You know, you're 35. You've been doing it, grinding it for 12, 13 years. You know, you're you're banged up every other day. You know, you're taking a few weeks off from wrestling an indie show because, man, you're beat. You know, you're just banged up. You know, the older you get, the, the harder it is to, you know, get back to 100%. So, you know, it's a very difficult process of guys. That's why you see a lot of guys. Oh, I'm retired. And then five months later, they're back in a match. They retired. Look at Brandon Gatson. Here was a guy who was grinding, grinding, grinding seven, eight, ten years. All of a sudden, I had heard nothing from Brandon Gatson for three or four years. And now, you know, he has a rejuvenation. Yeah. Best shape he's ever been in. Getting to work some GCW shows. Getting a little more notoriety in other places. You know, his claim to fame in the past was doing that big uh, super show that CZW did, uh, the best the best of the eights or whatever it was called. I don't even know what it's called. But they right. would bring in different talent and have a one, a one two-night tournament. And Brandon Gadsden, another guy who, who's an excellent worker. So I would imagine there was frustration, back injuries. You have to ask yourself, fuck, is it really worth it to go through all this and whether it's rehab and working out four days a week and, you know, to go to a, some indie show that turns out there's only 62 people in there. And I don't care if there's four people or 400 people. I'm still the guy who wants to give it 110%. So I'm going to go out there and kill myself. And then when it gets posted online, people are like, what are you fucking crazy? There was only 12 people there. Just because the promoter paid you your fucking rate, why are you working hard? Well, because people have pride in what they do. They don't get the experience to wrestle all the time. You right. know, four, six times a month, maybe. Yeah. Once a week, sometimes twice. You know, if you're really get if you're really hot, yeah, you're probably getting eight to ten bookings a month, but that's it. Yeah. So you want to go out there, you're 26, you know, how many times have I tried to book Eli Everfly, but he's banged up, he's resting, because you, you can't do that nonstop for 10 years and not have any effect. Jeff Hardy, you know, the guy who can't die. Well, guess what? He got hurt a lot. And then by getting hurt a lot, he had to take the pain pills. And taking the pain pills kind of got him off the rails. Yeah. You know, these guys, they, they give a lot for the business. And the unsung heroes are those indie guys are working for 40, 50 bucks. And they're only doing it because they love it. Yeah. Um, what do you think the factor in to guys like Gatson, let's say, the maturity factor, the age factor, um, even uh, Greg Sharp, uh, Jacob Austin Young, you can see it in them as well. Do you think that for some guys, that is kind of where their career starts to take off, where their maturity catches up to their ability, and then they're able to approach things 
in a whole different perspective because they have that maturity on their side. Um, is that something that you think factors into some guys just kind of going from one reputation even to a totally different way as, uh, you know, other wrestlers, other promoters look at these guys when they've, you know, hit a, a certain point of maturity. Well, maturity level is a, a million percent. Gregory Sharp's a guy at 19 that I thought was like 25 because he presented himself extremely well. Sure. You know, he came out and he, he just seemed like he was, had a lot more wisdom than your average 19 year old talking to him. I didn't realize till five years later that, oh, wow, you're only 25 now. It's like, holy shit, didn't know that. But the thing is, as good as Gregory Sharp was throughout his career into the hyper streak, is it coincidental that 2021 by far is the best Gregory Sharp has been? Now, all of a sudden, more people are taking notice. Right. You know, what was the missing ingredient? Right. And I always said, you know, the mask, he he hid the three things he's good at. He's good at wrestling. He's good at talking. You know, he's good at his facial expressions. And with the mask, it eliminated two of the three. Right. So you're kind of against the eight ball because now you wrestle really good, but so do a lot of other people. Right. Now, somebody doesn't have to be as good as you as a wrestler, but they can cut a great promo that you're capable of, but you don't because of your character. Well, now they're going to look at this guy. And Gregory right. Sharp is putting in the best work of his entire career, 12, 13 years into the business. And now yeah. he's getting rewarded for it. Rocky Romero knew who Gregory Sharp was for years. Knew yeah. who Jacob Austin Young was for years. He wrestled him at yeah. the FSW Arena. You know, five years ago. Yeah. But this past month, they decided they wanted to use him. They decided not very long ago that they wanted to use Tito Escondido. They wanted to use Royce Isaacs. Why? Yeah. Well, you know, if Rocky Romero would ever, you know, answer a message, maybe we would have him on. But, you know, big time New Japan guy. So, you know. Slides right past those DMs if they need any help. You know what I mean? He, you know, he he's got the perfect excuse. Uh, I have to run it by the office. So uh. yes. <laughs> so I'll let them know when I go back to Japan in eight months. Because they, you know, they can't email over the overseas. Uh, it's got a, it's it it's uh, the the letter uh, the handwritten letter travels by uh, freighter boat. So yeah, look at that. I got a new battery I put in so I didn't have to with the cord and the thing. It's it's looking good. It's still at like three quarters. All right. Yeah. Broke down twenty five bucks on Amazon. There you go. Not a bad deal People at say all. Say whatever they want about uh Bezos and shit. But man, Amazon you order stuff and you get it five hours later. It's like and it's usually cheaper. Like make your prices lower. Yeah. Like people complain. Uh, if Amazon can sell me something for 25 bucks, why should I buy it off you for 45? 
Right. That's why I never order flyers. I go on God Print here and I can get, you know, 5,000 flyers for 140 bucks, double-sided. Or I can go get 1,000 flyers and pay 140 bucks from the local guy. From the print shop, yep. Same print, yeah. same paper. Well, you know, sp speaking of that, let me ask you, as a promoter, um, how do you approach that when you look at, uh, you know, you hadn't had a lot of other wrestling going on in Las Vegas for a long time. Now you have a lot of other wrestling going on. And we, we've talked about, you know, how that affects the wrestlers themselves and, and the product and how it kind of affects you. But from the perspective of someone who's also a consumer, how do you look at ticket prices and come up with a reasonable way on how to do it without totally taking a bath um you know because obviously you know it's hard enough to make money on wrestling shows but to keep it affordable to keep the fans interested that's a lot that goes into that including ticket prices and, and keeping people happy with what they're paying what is your process on coming up with with that idea and having so many different shows throughout the year that, you know, you kind of are flexible on your, your prices to uh, allow, you know, maybe a family who can't go to something like a Mecca, but can go to an arena show to get in and uh, not pay an arm and leg for, you know, getting in six people. Well, we've developed a price structure, you know, when Future Shock was uh, the student showcase in 2010, you know, it was 10 bucks, all tickets. It didn't matter. Sit wherever you want. And then it became 15 bucks. Then it became, you know, 15 and 10. And now it's 20 and 15. It's, it's, it's incredibly affordable to see. The fact of the matter is Chris Bay, Karrion Cross, Lacey Ryan, Sefa, all of their first matches were at a Future Shock student showcase. Yeah. So you're going to get to see this talent. You know, we found class out of there. We found Jordan Cruz, you know, Brody, you know, a lot of these younger guys, you're going to get the chance to see for 20 bucks. You yeah. know, how, how could somebody complain about that? High octane, the FSW arena, that's the price bump goes to 30, 30 and 20. We started, you know, 15 bucks to 20 bucks. You know, we've gone up $15 in 10, 12 years. It's a dollar a year. Yeah. So we feel that's more than a fair, a $30 front row, $20 sit in the bleachers. And you get to see Hammerstone and Bay and TBD and Cody and Remy and all the guys that are next level. Right. A lot of those guys you're going to see at the casino shows. Well, now we got to take into effect at the casino show, we have to pay for the room. So how do we offset that? We can't charge 30 bucks, even right. if it's the, the, the best talent from high octane. So we go to 40 bucks and 40 bucks, the extra $10 helps to cover uh, what we got going on. And then the Mecca is the Mecca. So the Mecca is the highest price show. We go, we go to 50 bucks. Why do we go to 50 bucks? 
well, we're flying in five guys and using nine national talents, not including Hammerstone and Bay, who are national talents, but they're our guys. Right. Considered local. So, you know, the price points are where they need to be. You know, I've seen uh, that Lucha show they run at Silver Nugget, 70, 80 bucks. The guy, Tom, he did the shows at the Sahara, the women's shows. We worked with him. First thing I told him, bro, your your prices are way too high. So now they've changed venues and they have a date. And the first thing they they instilled was new lower prices. Right. You know, you're not going to get $80, $90 for a front row ticket unless it's WWE or AEW. Yeah. I'd rather have 500 people spending... 40 bucks than 87 people spending 80 bucks. Right. You're you're not at that level. You're a new company. And we have to compete with the places that free tickets, $10 tickets, really low price tickets where you can see, you know, eight or nine FSW guys on the show, sometimes more. Right. Regardless of what all the companies want to believe, they're FSW guys. We trained them. We right. are the ones who brought them into the fold. So you are, you are obviously watching FSW when you're plucking one of our young guys that had one match on Future Shock that I heard about yesterday that has already been signed to work another show. Had one match. How would anybody know who he was unless they saw the match? Right. Yeah. Um, along those lines, uh, when you look at, uh, you know, all the activity going on in Las Vegas with wrestling, what is it that you feel is the key for you in terms of staying relevant in the minds of the fans? Um, because you know that that's the one thing. There's there's so many chances to see this person, that person. Now, how can how do you separate yourself to stay relevant? And are there new things that you think about that you go, hey, maybe we should try this or we should implement that, or is that even something that other guys will suggest? Maybe Joey will suggest something, or Remy or Cody will come up with something. How does that brain you know, trust work in terms of keeping it, keeping everything fresh and being able to um, stay as the top of the, you know, the top of the hill in, in Vegas with uh, all this new stuff popping up. As I said before, when, you know, we, we had the invasion basically of the guy trying to take over, I was always very confident because my philosophy is the same. There is nobody out there who's going to outwork me. I am, I am in my mind thinking 24-7 about things. I may be doing other stuff. I may be gambling. I may be watching my football games. But, you know, I always have a pad by me. And I have ideas. I go to the school. You know, Ice, you know, he had numerous ideas about certain things moving forward and and a lot of guys do and 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 
you know, the best ones are the guys who have ideas for somebody else that they may see something. And a lot of times that leads into me having an idea to where somebody says, Hey, you know what, what if we did this? And I'm like, yeah, but what if we did this? But I hadn't even thought about it because I heard it from somebody else. And then I, I think that's my best trait is taking an idea somebody has and massaging it into a better version of what I was initially going to do. And there's a lot of hunger. There's a lot of passion in people that, you know, have ideas, you know, Joey's got a million of them, you know, spiders got some, Remy's got them, Cody's got them, ice has got them. And then there's some, you know, Bay's got them. And then there's some guys who are like, Hey, what's going on moving forward? What do you, you know, what do you think about this? And they're just concerned. And I've never been one to shy away from telling somebody what I think we're looking to do the next two, three, four shows. And again, sometimes does it come into fruition? No, because things have changed. Right. Like, you know, I get a, I get a message from Danny Limelight. He's booked on the 23rd and he could ride up with Jordan Cruz. He's like, hey, I'm available, man. I'd really love to work. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm going to, no offense to my students and the younger guys. But Danny Limelight is one of the hottest wrestlers on the West Coast. Yeah. And he's got a lot of ideas. Yeah. So he, you know, hey, who am I working? Who am I working? Hey, what's going on for this? And what I love about Danny Limelight is he reminds me of the early Sean Ricker, Max Dupree. You know, always working on an idea to cut a promo, to slice up, you know, looking to slice who his opponent is. So it's like, hey, bro, you're working Jacob Austin Young, even though you're in the scramble with him. I think this is going to be a great match for the eighth instead of trying to find somebody. How about you guys work each other, have a great match, and then I know Danny Limelight's going to cut a great promo. Why do I know? Because before he got hurt, he had cut one on Gregory Sharp that was awesome. And then he had to pull out with an injury. Uh, then when he showed up at Future Shock, he cut one on Jay Vidal. And we were really looking to set up that match. That never happened. But now it looks like he, you know, will be around more. So, yeah. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about guys like Danny Limelight, guys like Hammerstone. Uh, I know just the, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, the PWI 500 list came out. I know some guys put stock into it. Some guys don't care. Um, there were a number of guys on the list, but Hammerstone number 24, which is, you know, pretty exciting to see. What does that mean to you when you see guys get recognized like that um, in what is considered an industry list that, you know, has been going on for years and people have their opinions, good or bad about it, but it's recognition nonetheless, um, along with other things like the awards that are given out through the quote unquote wrestling media. What does that kind of stuff uh, do for you in terms of seeing these guys get that recognition? 
I'll be honest with you. I was stunned at the number, but now I, I understand why as I sat back and thought. He is the MLW heavyweight champion. MLW is considered one of the top six companies. What do you got? New Japan, WWE, AEW, Impact. If you look at all their champions, they're all high. It would be disrespectful to have the MLW champion at 102. Sure. Last year, I believe Hammerstone was in the 90s. Because I remember I made a post about how three former FSW champions were in the top 100. And I believe it was Cage Cross at the time and, uh, and Hammerstone. So. I don't think Bay was that high in the top 100. He was in it, but he wasn't in the top 100. And again, it, it in a lot of cases, it's a farce. Right. They have not seen certain people. People send in stuff. You know, there's no way to tell. You're going to tell me Danny Limelight's, you know, say 364. Right. And then you see guys on there, and it's just because they're in a national company, even though they don't get used. It's like, what is the ratings actually what are the rankings based on? Right. Exactly. Win loss, best matches. There, 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 there's no criteria. Right. So it, it's kind of a random opinion thing. So Joe DeFalco could come out with his, as they do in Vegas, they, they do the Las Vegas wrestling scene. And I bark at right. those guys all the time. Like, how could this be that? How could that be this? You know? And the fact of the matter is it's a group of guys who have an opinion on something. Right. I said, but the main thing is, regardless of what your opinions are, you can do it however you want. But people need to understand the criteria. If you want people to put stock into what you're doing, as I said one time, I said, is it the is it like college football rankings? So if TBD is ranked number 10, and Sky High's ranked number one in college football, and Sky High loses, Sky High would drop to number four, and TBD would be number six. That would be how college football works. I said, but in these rankings, if I beat you and you're number one and I'm number 10 and I beat you and I beat uh, Toko Uso, why wouldn't I just be number one? Like, why is it a gradual? Right. It's what supposedly is what you've done over a three-month period. Well, they've beaten everybody. They won the titles, and they beat the team you're talking about. There shouldn't be a question. But right. if the criteria is different, all I ask when I will look at it is, hey, what's the criteria? You know, shouldn't quality of matches, shouldn't Matt Vandergriff get more credit for wrestling, whether he wins or loses, uh, against Mike Bailey and – the matches that he had AEW weekend. Right. But again, yeah. it's a matter of opinion and, you know, it is what it is. I like to look at it and sometimes you chuckle and, you know, they, they got it right. Gregory Sharp is deserving of being the top guy, you know, in any criteria. He's, he hasn't lost in forever. He's beaten good people. He's wrestled on different companies and gotten belts, championships in other companies. So 
obviously the guy has a string of big wins and big matches. Yeah. Well, that that deserves something. So the PWI you look at and it's kind of like, Ugh. and because it's like if you're in a tag team, one of you is two eighty one and the other is two eighty two. Like really, right? You know, <laughs> or the young bucks are thirty five and thirty six. Right. Every yep. tag team is within like three of each other. Yeah, and my favorite part of that list is the um, when you hit somewhere about three fifty, and all of a sudden, like knowing independent wrestlers, and you start seeing names that you're going, "Who the hell's that?" <laughs> That's to me the funniest. It's just like a finish out, like of people that they know. Or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And that's what it is because that guy sent in something. You know, yeah. back in the day, I always remember, like, you know, with Marquez's group, you know, the Hollywood guys, a lot of them would send it in. So early on, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why aren't there any FSW guys on there? You know, there's 17 from Hollywood. Well, they send in the info and then, and they do, they check the boxes what needs to be done to be considered. But that's the right. problem. You shouldn't have to be considered. It's right. supposed to be the top 500. You're, I'm supposed to go out there and do my job. And when you get a buzz and people pay attention to you, that should be rewarded for something. Not, hey, here, here's a link to my match. Here's my email. What else you want me to do? Do I got to donate to the fund? It, it, it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to get frustrated to not be on it, if you haven't, if you're an, a local guy who wrestles and you go to Vegas and you come to FSW and you go work Dom Show and you go work Best of the West and you work a couple other the West Coast things, you're not going to be in the in the in the in the top 500. Yeah. You're going to tell me that Matt Vandergriff isn't one of the top 500 wrestlers? Right. Remy, Cody, Damian Drake. You know, what is it? 15 years. 13 right. years, Remy and all these guys. But why aren't they on there? No idea. Because they didn't put forth the information. Yeah. But what is the information? You, you really don't know. You really have to dig deep to find out what you need to do. It's like a secret society or something. Yeah, I think one of the key things is living on the East Coast, too. I've always found that the East Coast bias is, you know, always been a higher thing in. When well, it's it like the to- West Coast football because the college, right. the games are on later. Nobody's right. staying up till two in the morning to watch, you know, uh, Hawaii. You, right. You know, yeah. USC's USC, so they get the clout, but they'll right. get more primetime games. There's right. a lot of those Pac 10 teams when they were coming along to Washington, Washington State's Oregon in the beginning. When they were good, nobody realized it. Oregon had to be good for years before anybody was like, now Oregon's overrated. So, right. you know, that that's how things happen. Right. Uh, as we start to wrap up here for this week, uh, Joe, any uh, final thoughts for uh, the listeners? Any final thoughts? Yeah, we got, uh, we got some good graphics coming out. We're putting all the matches out there uh, for the 8th. We're going to be starting for the uh, the Mecca for the regular fans who don't listen. 
you miss out. You don't get all the good spoilers because you already know the cards for both shows. So a flyer is not going to do much for you. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who won't see it or hear it. So they have to see it. So everything's going to be going up on Twitter. Tell your friends, you know, the show's. As people like to say these day and age, man, there's going to be a lot of bangers coming up the next uh, couple shows. And then we're going to run back-to-back shows on October 29th. We have to have our annual uh, Halloween show. Right. Which, of course, features the Halloween Battle Royal, where the younger guys get opportunities and they dress up like their favorite favorite, uh, superstars of lore. So you may see a macho man or the or the Hulkster, you know, or, or Matt Hardy or Jeff. I remember Damian Drake, his first gimmick. He came out as uh, Jeff Hardy yeah. uh, in his debut as a uh, FSW participant. So unfortunately, yeah. we can't uh, air it in its entirety because – the music is all copyrighted by wrestling companies. Right. We actually play the entrance themes of all the guys. But it's, you know, I, w- I almost uh, stopped doing it, thought it was corny, whatever. But, like, the fans are like, oh, we're, you're doing the Halloween show? You know, we'd love the Battle Royal. And as I joke, it's like the Battle Royal is great. It takes 15 minutes for the intro, and the match lasts four minutes. Right. Till 20 minutes with only having to see those kids in there for four. <laughs> I remember, you know, we had guys. I remember one guy, uh, the Hefe, he, he had a professional fucking uh, makeup artist do his crow sting outfit for the Man. face paint. It Man. looked fantastic. And some of these guys have gone out of their way. And then you have others like, who the fuck are you supposed to be? <laughs> I think Cody was like Mikey Whipwreck one time. <laughs> so I think he wore shorts or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like some guys just don't get the gimmick idea. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But it is something that is a tradition that, you know, has definitely gotten uh, – you know, it's, it's one of the most talked about things year after year, so – um, and then, you know, it, it's Halloween, so it wouldn't be Halloween without a casket match. Sure. Sure. You know, Rocky's gotten the uh, the used caskets from the uh, nearby uh, funeral home. They've been used a few times, so we, get, we, we got to get them for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you ever think of a uh, like a instead of lumberjacks around the ring, just like zombie jacks? Masks? Yeah, zombie, zombie Say jacks, it. zombie jack masks. There we go. Right there, you just gave me an idea. Wouldn't have ever thought go. of it. By you saying that Halloween, it made me think of a gimmick. That's actually a good. I'm uh, yeah. I'm that's surprised. Why, no that's why I'm that. so creative, bro. Um, and that's coming up on the 29th. Uh, so anyone who's in town, uh, and again, FSW Network, um, again, limited on the actual Battle Royal because of the uh, the copyright and the music. But. And, and Lawson's going to be giving out uh, free candy corn to everybody who walks through the door. Oh, boy. Uh, 
That it's got to be good for something. Is that with Lawson? Is it going to be one piece of candy corn? Is it going to be literally? Probably. He's probably going to buy one bag to spread right. amongst every fan that comes through the door. Um, and remember, uh, that's the uh, 29th. The 23rd is Mecca. Um, and get your tickets uh, now. Uh, you Got know. the belt back. Cross sent me the belt. The Mecca Grand Championship is now back in my possession. Cross had it for a whole week and a half. Well, he had it for a week and a half before he sent it back. So he probably had it for a month and a half. Right. But it was like... He didn't have it from February up until a week before the Ric Flair final match, brought it to the signing, and then got signed back by WWE three days later. But, you know, you should just have you, Kevin, just, just throw the title on TV into the garbage can. It will be the biggest thing. No, in, in Lake Mead, because we'd be able to find it because the water <laughs> levels are so low. So we wouldn't lose it. That's Speaking of that, Kevin better watch out. Uh, they might identify something that Kevin might have uh, put in uh, Lake Mead. So. Nah, it was probably in Canada when stuff like that happened. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but we better not talk about that or else we might disappear. Uh, also, also on October 8th, we're going to be unveiling on the Wall of Fame the new Solo Sokoa poster. Nice. Nice. The wall of fame will grow. It's on the eighth. Are you getting uh are you getting his pops up here to see his uh the unveiling of the kid? Uh probably not. He's probably gonna want too much money. You know, he is a Hall of Famer now, that raises the rate. Right, right, that's true, huh? Uh, but you can, again, catch it on the 8th uh, at the FSW Arena. Uh, and if you're not in town, watch on the network, uh, $6.99 a month. Um, and, uh, Joe, uh, you know, happy anniversary. Uh, enjoy the uh, vacation. Uh, don't work too hard. Don't, while, don't, uh, don't, don't eat too much all-you-can-eat all, all food. Well, that's what I mean, but don't work too hard. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, it's called all-inclusive. So does that mean if I want to go for an early dinner at the Asian restaurant, can I go to a late dinner at the Italian restaurant? Sure. I would say I so. Know. I've, never, I've never done this all-inclusive thing. You, you know that you're going to have a story when you get back about the all-inclusive <laughs> and how it wasn't anything. Yeah, I'm going to motherfuck them about something. What do you mean I can't get another ice cream cone? <laughs> Only oh, one cone per day. I'll get there. They'll give me a, a punch card. Right. And, and, and you're only allowed, you know, you're there five days. You're allowed 15, 15 meals, no matter what. Right. And that's, and that's it. And whatever you can get in that meal is inclusive. That's right. So you, you you got two Starbucks, so that's two meals down. Right. This is just exactly how it used to work on our college meal plans. You know, we'd go and you know go to the subway, and subway was brand new, open, and you know, and it's like you 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 got one of those. It's like having three meals in the cafeteria. You know, it's like it took your 
your equity away from your card and it's just like yeah that's that's funny you'll show up and it'll be like yeah oh no no starbucks that's that's one meal that's but we hope that you have a good time man uh and enjoy it and uh when you get back we're looking forward to uh seeing the show on the 8th so everyone uh tuning in thank you so much man and uh we appreciate it and until next time everyone take care